Oh, Steve and I both did it at the same time. <clears throat> I nodded at him and then I did it myself. Uh, that's the way I am. Uh, wishing and hoping, thinking and praying, being and doing. Uh, this is the last message in a series that has simply been intended to challenge us to be and to do what God's Word calls us to be and to do. Specifically, we've been looking at a number of passages that I characterize as the one another passages in the New Testament. I have repeatedly, uh, and again, today as we wrap up, uh, wishing and hoping, can I get a witness? And again, uh, old-time church language, can I get a witness? And basically saying, somebody agree with me here? Uh, somebody willing to uh, to embrace that and lean into it? And I have repeatedly, and I mean repeatedly, uh, suggested you ask yourselves the same three questions every time you encounter one another passage. And because I have learned a few things over the years, I'm not going to embarrass myself again by asking if you remember the three questions. Uh, schooled me on that last week and uh, not going back. Uh, so I'll just put them out there. <clears throat> what would it look like as you think about the one another passages? What would it look like for me to fill in the blank? What needs to change for me to? And how might it influence others if I were to? And again, just to refresh your memory without going through the whole list, what would it look like for me to love God, to love one another the way God loves us, to encourage, to accept, to be humble towards, to bear with, to forgive, to serve, to be devoted to, to honor, to be kind and compassionate, to be hospitable, to live in harmony, and to submit? What would it look like for those things to be a part of my life? What would have to change in order for those things to be my default behavior patterns? And how might it influence others if we were to do those things? As I've indicated earlier in the series, but I'll just go back, a part of this series or the... the the formation of this series has been percolating in my heart and in my mind for the past year as I look at all the stuff around us that divides us. And and I've said repeatedly, I don't know what the answers are. But I thought as I looked, uh, man, if we were to just begin to be and do what Scripture calls us to be and do in terms of how we relate to one another, I think that would be a pretty good start. And it was the best one I could come up with, not saying there aren't better ones out there. But before we cover just a few more of the one another's, I have another question for you to ask yourself, and I don't think I put it... Well, I did put it on the screen. All right. What have I intentionally done in the past month in response to the one another teaching. Now, if you've not been here for any of the previous messages, you get a pass, all right? But for the rest of you, what have you done for me as the person who's wrote the messages, preached the messages over and over and over again? What have I done intentionally in the past month, in response to the one another teaching. Can I just be frank? Uh, I'll be Steve, but I'll be Steve who's brutally honest here. All right. 
if we're not doing something different or if we're not being different, then we're just wishing and hoping that things will be different. Nod your heads. Either we're being different, we're doing different, or we're just wishing and hoping. And you wasted two and a half hours of your life by listening to these messages. Just saying. I don't have a way to measure. But I, I find myself, several people have said, oh man, great series, oh great message. Woohoo! And, and that, that makes me feel good. It's better than saying that was a lousy message. Why did you preach that series? But really, if it's not generating life change, what's the point? Well, if we're not being and doing differently, then we're just wishing and hoping. Maybe thinking, maybe praying. But somewhere, the rubber's got to hit the road. And we've got to do something. So, again, just a, a couple more. Uh, again, probably won't be as long as last week. Not that that was a bad thing, but it was long. Um, so... Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. I just want to suggest that the way we talk, the way we interact with one another, makes a difference. We help one another when we discuss God's word and when God's word flows through us and out of us into the lives of others. The note I put to myself there was, are my conversations appropriately seasoned with the things of God? Now, again, most of us have pretty well-established conversational patterns. Ask me how I'm doing, and it'll probably be something like living the dream or just another day in paradise. And depending upon how I say it and my facial expression and my tone, it can be a really good thing or a not-so-good thing, all right? And most of you know me well enough to figure that out. But again, I, to me, it was a challenge in terms of are my conversations just naturally seasoned with the things of God? And because of the way this one's phrased, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from the Lord, or music from your heart to the Lord, I thought, you know what? One of the ways we serve one another is when we worship together with enthusiasm. And again, some of you may have had experiences like this. I will put it on myself. There have been times when I've entered into a worshipful app or a worship experience and I wasn't exactly in a worshipful place. Okay, and, and again, this is just me. I'm sure none of you ever go there. Uh, but there have been those times where when I entered into that environment, there was a collective momentum because of where the other people were that began to move me to a different, better, more God-honoring place. And it was because others were speaking 
to one another, speaking to me, speaking to the room, with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. They were singing and making music to the Lord from their heart, or from their heart to the Lord, and it began to create a current that pulled me forward. And, and again, because we all know it is all about me, part of what I struggled with as I, as I worked with that was, if others have done that for me, I wonder if I've ever done that for someone else. If, if anyone who knew me or didn't know me has ever been so inspired because I was speaking to them, to the group, with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, and making music from my heart to the Lord, that it moved them forward. It's interesting. I don't even remember the context, and somebody can point it out to me. Uh, but afterwards, don't embarrass me right now. But we were talking about when we when we would take our youth group to large events. Whether it was a choir, the fire, or it was, uh, what's the other one? What's that? Winter jam. Thank you. Okay. Uh, apparently, I have winter winter brain. But anyway, uh, and and the youth would be so enthused, and that's awesome, and they're hooping and hollering and jumping and praising God, and then we come to church the next Sunday, and as and I'm not picking on them because I've been to Promise Keepers and it's been the same deal. All right? Okay? I Please, understand I get it. What's the difference? The difference, part of the difference is just the sheer mass and volume. You go to a large venue where you've got 20,000 people shouting, singing, praising God... And you stick out like a sore thumb if you're. But at the same time, there is something about that spiritual corporate momentum. Just imagine the reverse. You got 10,000 teens. And they're all. I'm sorry, I'm not going to pick on the teens. We got 10,000 cool dudes. All right. All right. Uh, We'll go. We'll go 40,000. It was a big PK event. Some of you don't even know what PK is. I'm sorry, I'm dating myself. But you got 40,000 guys. And they're all... The band's rocking out. They're all... Because they just had a crappy week. All right? And you got one person who is just feeling it. And they're all over it. What happens? They'll look at him like he's nuts. Reverse it, and the one begins to change. I, I, I'm just putting it out there. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And again, the key is, where does it come from? It comes from the heart. The three questions. <clears throat> what would it look like for me? What would it look like for me? To speak to one another. To speak to others with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Probably going to have to have some of that in my heart. I'm just saying. What needs to change? I just said it. How might it influence others? We'll never know. I've rarely 
I've rarely, some of you have probably had it because you're far more engaging than I am. But there's a pretty good chance you may be influencing people and you're never going to know. Rarely is somebody going to come up to you and say, man, I came to church this morning and I was so full of the Holy Spirit and I took one look at you and I crashed. Okay? You just sucked the life out of me. But the reverse is equally true. It may not happen all that often where people say, oh my gosh, I was just in the dumps and just watching you engage with the Lord, just hearing you speak God's word, just having you share a verse with me made all the difference. You may not hear it, but I know that I know that I know what takes place. Diane had an experience just this week. She'd been waking up in the middle of the night praying for one of our grandchildren. Just waking up in the middle of the night, got a burden for this one, praying for this one, praying for this one, praying for this one. Finally, Diane managed to connect with them. And she said, you know, God, I've been praying for you, and, and I have this passage of Scripture that for some reason I feel like I need to share with you. And that grandchild said, that's just what I needed. How did you know what I was dealing with? Speaking to one of those psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. That wasn't Diana's spirit who figured that out. That was his spirit. Moving on. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Uh, <clears throat> is it just me? Or is there a pattern there? Huh? Kind of the same thing. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. But this time I want to focus on that second or that first part that says, teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit. The message of Christ dwelling within us, all wisdom through God's Word whether it be psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. I looked it up because, um, again, this is just my baggage. I generally tend, if you say admonish, I think bad word, all right? Uh, that's just me. So I looked it up. Admonish to indicate duties or obligations. So if we simply, you know, I've not, I've been admonishing you when I talk about the one and others of Scripture, I'm indicating our, our responsibilities as Christ followers. I don't think that's been a terrible thing, but it's being admonished. To express warning or disapproval, okay, that's where I tend to go. But, but again, listen to this. To express warning or disapproval, especially in a gentle and earnest manner. <laughs> Some of us, when we think of admonishing, we think of administering the right foot of instruction to someone's backside. Okay? To express warning or disapproval, especially in a gentle or earnest manner. To give friendly and earnest advice or encouragement. 
what we teach and the source of our admonition should always flow from the depth of Christ dwelling within us. It should be grounded in the wisdom of God. It should always reflect the spirit of his word and be evidence of the gratitude in our hearts for what God has done in and to and for and through us. Teaching and admonishment is most God-honoring and, dare I say, most effective when it's built upon the foundation of the one another commands. If you skip all the others and you go right to the admonish, think about how you best receive correction, instruction, direction. And this is just me. I'm not saying this is the Bible. This is me. But I have a strong suspicion that if you're not loving, encouraging, serving, honoring, accepting, submitting, forgiving, and humble, then God probably isn't calling you to the ministry of admonition. Just my speculation. I'm not saying there's not a place for it by all means. But I'm saying, what foundation does it come from? Sometimes our admonition flows from a place that is, for lack of a better term, a place of irritation or frustration or exasperation. Just just a thought. Romans chapter 15, verse 14. I am, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. On numerous occasions, standing in this, where am I at? Standing in this very spot, and then for years before that, standing in this very spot. Alright? I have told you, that over the course of my life, and especially over the course of my career, no one has ever accused me of being the sharpest pencil in the box. I'm okay with that. And as I look around the room this morning, let me take a minute and look. Before I say this, I'm very confident that every one of you knows something that I don't. I suspect that there are some areas of my life and my knowledge base, perhaps my skill sets, perhaps my spiritual development, that could be expanded by your instruction. And I also believe there is a really good chance that the reverse is equally true. We are all better when we're always ready to instruct one another and always ready to learn from one another. Because to the best of my knowledge, even the folks that write books and make lots of money from speaking engagement don't have it all figured out all the time for every situation. As part of a body of believers called caring community. 
we have to ask, am I determined to be full of goodness and pursuing complete knowledge so that I might be competent to instruct others? We all have something to bring to the table to make the table more complete. As we actively pursue a deeper relationship with Christ, I suspect that we do all have something to learn and we all have something we could teach others. And I come back one more time to the three questions. No, not one more time because I'll, I'll do it again. What needs to change for me to be at a place where I'm prepared to instruct? What needs to change for me to be a place that I'm ready and willing to learn? <clears throat> James chapter 5, verse 16. This time it says each other rather than one another, but I threw it in there because it's just too good not to. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I could do a whole series on confession. And I'm just going to say, when Scripture says, therefore confess your sins to one another, to each other, two things. Be really wise. Not saying you shouldn't do it. But show good discernment in terms of who you choose to confess to. Are they prepared to bear the burden? Are they in a position that they can speak wisely into your life? And then secondly, don't confess to another person unless you're willing to deal with what you're confessing. It's just not fair to them. And it doesn't help you a bit. But if you find someone who can speak into your life with true wisdom and admonition, and you want to have victory in an area, confession to another godly person raises the element of accountability and greatly increases the potential for you to have victory. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I just would remind us with regard to the importance of what the latter part is. Pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Perhaps I don't say it often enough, but we are all any spiritual battle. And prayer is the most powerful weapon that we have. Paul put it this way in Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Friends, praying for one another is the best way you can begin to help them have victory and the best way they can begin to help you have victory. Wishing and hoping, can I get a witness? I come back to them, and this will be 
the last time? What would it look like for me? What would it look like for me to pray for those people in my circle of influence to have the kind of victory that Ephesians 6.12 talked about? What would it look like? What needs to change for me too? And again, I'm, I'm speaking to me. But do we pray for others like we really believe it's going to make a difference? How might it influence others if I were to step up to the plate and teach, instruct, speak God's word into people's lives? How might it influence others? What have I intentionally done in the past month in response to the one another teachings? What will I intentionally do in the coming months in response to the one another teachings? That's the best I got to ask you. What are we going to do with what we've heard? Trust me. What am I going to do with what I said? You know, when I'm done, maybe tomorrow, maybe Tuesday, these notes will go with the other four sets of notes. They'll go in a file folder. I'll pull out the drawer. And they'll go in there. Is that the end of it? What about you? Love God. Love one another. Encourage one another. Accept one another. Be humble towards one another. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. Serve one another. Be devoted to one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Be hospitable toward one another. Live in harmony with one another. Submit to one another. Speak to one another. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Teach, instruct, and admonish one another. Pray for one another. I said this repeatedly. So incredibly simple. With such amazing capacity to be profoundly life-changing. Pray with me. Father, I, I got nothing more to add. I just asked for myself. And I ask for everyone who's willing to speak to you in their heart. Help us to just incrementally be and do what you've called us to be and do in relationship to the one and others that you've set before us. Father, just to think that just us, you entrust something like this to us. You send your spirit to dwell within us that we might be able to actually do and be and change lives because we're willing to be and do with regard to what you teach us about one another. I thank you and I praise you, Father. Amen. Sean.